Hi everyone, welcome to the Reitzel Brothers Podcast. I'm Matt. And I'm Curtis. We are the co-hosts of this podcast. We are investor-focused realtors working with our clients to help them build massive wealth in real estate. This is a place where we talk about real estate investing, wealth, and giving back. Make sure to check us out on YouTube and join our private real estate investor group on Facebook called the Tri-City Real Estate Investor Club. Links are in the description. Enjoy this episode. Hey everybody, I hope that you enjoyed the episode coming up. Just a warning that uh, Matt's audio isn't fully connected. We had some technical issues, so it's not going to sound as amazing as the past podcast episodes, but we will make sure that it is great for the episodes coming up. I just wanted to let you guys know. Enjoyed the episode. Have a great day. What's going on, everybody? It is the Wrightso Brothers here, here for the Wrightso Brothers podcast. That just doesn't get old. I know it doesn't. It's still a lot of fun, and uh, there's some people that have been commenting on it, saying that they really enjoy listening to it. <laughs> so uh, we're gonna keep doing it because it's a lot of fun. So welcome to today's episode. Just want to thank everybody, you know, for for tuning in and lending their eardrums to another podcast episode here. I hope it uh, hits the eardrums well. So today we're going to be wrapping up the Think a Million part of the Millionaire Real Estate Investor and covering um, a lot of interesting topics. So we're going to get into that. Housekeeping items here. We're, We're talking about this more and just thought we'd intro with it again if you have ever thought about a career in real estate reach out to us uh like we mentioned because of covid a lot of uh, investors are looking at ways to supplement their income and also looking for more opportunity so if you're looking to you know have have different opportunity for wealth building and for helping you achieve your financial goals message us and we're more than happy to talk about uh, what it looks like to become a real estate agent. Also, if you're curious to keep up to date with the value of your portfolio, uh, investors that we've been working with have been finding it really beneficial. We can set you up and and keep you updated as the years roll on to the value of your properties so that you can keep up to date with the value of your portfolio, thus helping you calculate your net worth, which we talk about uh, which we feel like is extremely important. Um, and if you enjoyed this, please share with friends and family and anyone that would be interested. Go to iTunes and podcast five star this thing uh, so it can help us find more people. And then YouTube, subscribe, smash the like button, you know, all that good stuff. And then the private Facebook group and meetups.com where all of our events get posted to. So if you don't want to miss any events that we do, um, you got to go to the Facebook uh private group for the Tri-City Real Estate Investor Club and or go to meetups.com and join our group there. That's that's primarily where we are at, uh, where we have the, I think we have about 550 investors on, on meetups and then about 150 on the Facebook group. So yeah, that's that's it. I know we covered a fair amount there, some good housekeeping stuff. Anything else you want to you wanna mention there, Matt, before I pass it over to you to start this thing off? No, I think for... Housekeeping, that was great. A lot of, a lot of good. Uh, the house is clean. The house is looking pretty tidy right now. Yeah, we got a clean slate here. Yeah, it's everything is clean and ready to get going. Shall we proceed? 
We shall. <laughs> All right. Okay, so as Kurt um, mentioned there, we've been working through, if you've been tuning in lately, through the Millionaire Real Estate Investor and kind of just starting from the beginning and, um, you know, some of the intro stuff that they talk about was the uh, foundational model, which was the, you know, like think, buy, own, receive, fall like surrounded by the criteria network and terms, um, which is the foundational model of a millionaire real estate investor. Then we dove into the myth understandings, as they call them, which are the like the five personal myths or the yeah, there's five personal myths and five investing myths, I think, I think or three three investing myths. Something like that. I have the book right in front of me. There's some myth understandings, um, which, like I said, we've talked about. And then the and book. I would And I would be able to say there's three or five as I'm reading the Millionaire Real Estate Agent book right now. And the mm. Millionaire Real Estate Agent book starts off the same way with the myth understandings. Right. Yeah, so, yeah, so there's three personal myths. I don't need to be investor. My job yeah. will take care of my financial wealth. I don't need or want to be financially wealthy. I'm happy with what I have. And it doesn't matter if I want it or need it. I just can't do it. And then we, we talked about those. And then the five investing ones, which I won't read. Um, and then, yeah, the book sort of continues on into the um, breaking down the foundational model more. So talking about Think a Million, um, we, we talked about the spiritual journey of wealth building on uh, a... Uh, previous episode so i'm just going to skip ahead um there was something yeah so right in the beginning of uh the seven or the think a million there's the seven ways that a millionaire real estate investor thinks so these were the seven main um categories that it's broken down into so think powered by a big why think big goals big models big habits Think money matters, think net worth, think real estate, think value, opportunity, and deals, and think action. Mm. And one thing I wanted to touch on was the money matrix. And, uh, Curtis had a great episode that we just posted on our YouTube channel talking about the money matrix. So if you want to actually see it there, you can. Um, essentially what it is is there's a pyramid and... Then there's also a flipped pyramid underneath it, and is talking about the four um, the four roles of money, which are capital, cash flow, cash, and consumption. And what I really got away from that, because I was um, behind the camera watching Kurt, and then you know since then rewatching it. Um, really, what it means to me is it's. Um, the way the pyramid is, it's how, how you're building your base and the people who are extremely successful and wealthy, they're building their base on capital and cash flow, which to me just means they're, they're prioritizing those items when, when they're essentially, when they have a dollar, say a dollar comes in and they're prioritizing that dollar on what to do they're basing it off that first where the consumer which like you said the big hat no cattle they're building their pyramid based on consumption in cash and then at the end it's cash flow and if they have any extra it's capital mm -hmm. so you can see how 
you can kind of get trapped up in that and, um, you know, building your base more um, primarily on buying assets and buying things that are going to grow your net worth, grow your cash flow first, Mm -hmm. because time is just going to do its thing. Mm -hmm. Because if you just go and consume and consume and consume, you're you're constantly kind of chasing your tail. Mm -hmm. So I really did like that. And then also um, there was... If you, if you have the book, go to page 97. Um, it talks about the, uh, the impact of real estate ownership on individuals' net worths. Mm-hmm. And I just thought this was interesting because they looked at it all the way back to 1992, and then 95, 98, 2001. Um, so your, your median net worth as a renter was in those years somewhere between four to six grand. Mm-hmm. And then your average net worth as a homeowner was somewhere between 120 and 170 thousand. Mm-hmm. So you're going from five to 160 mm-hmm. simply just because you own a home. And I think this for all of our listeners out there who already own a home, congratulations! It's it's huge. And if you don't realize how amazing that is, I think. Um, you just got to look at the numbers again. Mm-hmm. What's the, and I know we preach this a lot, looking at your, your net worth statement, see what you owe on the property and see what it's worth. And like her mentioned, a lot of investors are really excited to uh, get updates from us on what their investment properties are worth. It's huge. Um, I feel like a lot of people just don't really know how much money they have sitting there. And this is just for your average homeowner. Mm-hmm. Um, but as properties tend to go up over time. And if you make your mortgage payments, you're paying down your debt. So your equity is actually um, building. And yes. for anyone on here who doesn't own a home, I think it's uh, this is more or less your cue to if you haven't been seriously exploring it get yourself on a game plan mm-hmm. because this these numbers are staggering do you want to have a net worth of four grand or do you want to have a net worth of 150 and not that it, life is all about net worth like I no know but if you is, yeah if you can choose to be in you know if you can just by buying a piece of property <laughs> and and you can you can have that impact on your net worth why wouldn't you and I remember with that one investor that we were talking to, and this happens a lot, but I remember this one in particular where he, I think he had like six properties in his house or something. And he was thinking about selling all the investment properties because they're just not working. You know, they were making like 50 bucks a month each because they were, you know, single family properies. Mm. And I just remember he was and just that's like, cash yeah. flow. Yeah, and that's cash flow on a monthly basis. And he's like, it's just not working. You know, uh, I'm just not making the monthly cash flow that I feel like I should be and I, I want to sell them. And I remember, you know, that we just went through the numbers. I'm like, okay, so you bought them all for whatever, 300000 Now they're all worth 500000 and you pay down your mortgages 100000 each. And I remember just saying, like, you have made, like, I, th- I think it was somewhere in the ballpark of like $2 million dollars. Or something like that. I remember, like, you've made around $2 million. It's and, like, brother, you're a millionaire. And I and, and I remember... You didn't he even was, realize it. 
Yeah, and he had no clue. He was like, holy yeah. crap. Like, I didn't realize that's what happened. I'm like, yeah. So maybe we should consider buying more. <laughs> and maybe we should consider refinancing and and tapping into that equity to buy, to buy more properties. And... I, I just remember him walking out of the office and, and, and this individual who obviously we're not naming for confidentiality was so excited. And I remember just, and us, us as realtors, I, it's just, it's just so funny. Just, we talked ourselves out of six commissions. It was just, oh, what a day. Yeah, we do um, that. We do that a lot. But I just remember in, and that's why we always harp on it. Track your net worth, you know, cause if you don't track your net worth, you're not going to have an idea about how they're performing. If if he tracked his net worth, he would understand. And every month, he would maybe have to look at the values and look at the mortgages, and he would just be keeping up to date with it. Now, I, I'm not saying it was right or wrong. It was. It's. I'm not saying it's bad what he did. It's just maybe he would have spoke with somebody else, another agent or whatever, and then he would have sold all of them. And then, oh, not to say that that's bad, yeah. but really you know just a good turn of events that we ended up you know and now yeah yeah yeah. anyways so it's just a good thing to track your numbers understand it and just the power of you know your example of the net worth of a renter versus a homeowner well now you do a renter versus a homeowner versus somebody that owns six properties <laughs> or somebody that owns three properties or 20 properties or 30 it's all just depending on your goals yeah it's pretty cool yeah, so when, when you're looking at your property and it's quote-unquote only making $50 a month, just remember you have to account for how much that property's actually got paid down that year and keep in mind what the, what the new value is, yep. if it's appreciated at all. That guy was making like a couple grand a month mm-hmm. on paper. Mm-hmm. Now he's only making fifty on each property, so you mm-hmm. can see how someone might be a bit discouraged by that. Totally, um, no, and it makes sense if you look at yeah. it that way, and just on the monthly income coming in, totally discouraging. Like, what? I have all these, I have all this money wrapped yeah. up in these properties to make fifty bucks a month. Uh, uh-uh. uh. But when you look at it, and and we didn't calculate rates of return, but I would imagine that money would have been at between 20 and 30 there's just there's kind of like no question because that's what that was right yeah 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 which that's real estate (laughs) it is that's why we do it and then um there was another just little diagram here that i want to talk about so the four investment profiles starting at the bottom so you have the observer so they love love ideas they buy nothing then you have the speculator they love the action they buy anything this is you know typically to be a a a speculator um usually you either have like really deep pockets and you don't mind just parking money in different areas um that's what a lot of people did especially as kw was growing i remember jim telling that story this one family bought all these huge lots kind of around the outskirts um and then like one of them ended up becoming sunrise center and you know that that opportunity is obviously huge for that developer um but then all the all the other spots are just just sitting there so yeah that's kind of what you're doing with a lot of speculating sorry um but like it was the same thing like i was listening to 
Mark Cuban talk about Shark Tank. And he's like, it's kind of the same approach when like you, you're coming in with this money and you're looking to invest it. He's like, out of a hundred, you know, 10 of them are going to crush it. And it just, it goes through the ratios where it's like, you know, the majority of them aren't going to succeed. And that's how, that's how a lot of people, if you're going to speculate, which I don't, which I don't think you should, that's the best way to speculate <laughs> is by like, if you have a, a lot of capital, hmm. you know, you just, you spread it out. You kind of spread it out. Yeah. yeah because you, you hope that you're going to get, if you do 10 of them, you hope that one's going to really pay off and make it worthwhile for the loss on the other nine. Or you could just buy real estate a bit of a different way, <laughs> which is how we recommend. You just buy good properties in good areas. And But anyways, go on. Yeah, so also, speculator loves the action, buys anything. Um, this, I think, buying like a pre-construction condo would fall into this. Um, of course, I, like we love condos, so I, I see nothing wrong with that. There's a... a I guess in my mind, there's just a slight amount of speculation only because you you can't see the property right now and you don't know what it's going to be worth when it's actually tangible mm-hmm. and ready. And a lot of the times buying these just works out wonderfully for people and it's gone up a hundred grand, yep. but there's some speculation there's going on there. Of course. There's a hint, but I also, I think there's more if you're, if you're investing in a new build in a really good area with you know the complex is looking really good by reputable builder it's a smaller it's a very small amount but when you're buying something that's not there that doesn't exist i i i can agree with you on that that yeah there's the hint of it but you know yeah yeah i'm thinking of it in comparison to buying something that's already built there's a bit of speculation going on agreed and i I think part of that too is just in the mindset that some people have when they buy a new build because I've heard so many people say this, I'm buying this new build for three, you know, they're telling me when it's right. done, it's going to be four. That's speculating. Right. Because that you're, is, yeah. you're expecting appreciation to happen when you have no control over that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. That, that lines up with what I was thinking that you were thinking. Yeah. <laughs> because the mindset of a lot of those investors going into the newer properties, yeah, I'm buying it for four and I'm going to sell it for 450 in a couple Especially of years. Especially if your plan is to sell it. Yes. Right? Good point. Okay. And then the third one is a collector. They love ownership and they buy something, which is you're, you're getting better there. And then the last one is the investor. They love opportunity and they buy the right things. So you have the observer, speculator, collector, and in- investor. And obviously what you want to be is um, an investor. You know, you, you find great opportunities and you take action and you hold on to them. Um, you stick to the plan, mm-hmm. essentially. Yep. Right. Um so another great point they have here is uh, Nina's rule about watching your posture. And it's like a little, uh, just a little snippet. And um, yeah, Gary, Gary talks about this, um, how your habit or your posture is one of your habits. So every time you think about your posture and you realize you're not sitting right and you correct it, you're actually, in, you're, you're working on correcting that habit. Mm-hmm. Um, so for all of our listeners, right now um 
if you heard that and you realized you weren't sitting too well, then we can all just sit up together. Join the club. I yeah. joined the club. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sitting uh, too amazingly <laughs> at the moment. Um, well, and I think that's to talk about the, like, to kind of wrap this all up in regards to the stinking million part is habits. Habits are so important. And I mean, I just read the one thing two times. So I read it once all the way through and I just, I, I just read it a second time. And it's a bit of a tighter book. So you can, like, I think I read it totally like once within like four or five days and then I did it again. Right. And he talks about like how much time it takes to cement a, a habit. And it's about 66 days. A lot of people hear 21 days um, or 22 mm. days. It's, it's, it's around 66 depending on the difficulty of the habit. And that's kind of how I look at money and look at investing is your a lot of people look at it as oh it takes so much discipline well no it takes enough discipline to build a habit and then the habit takes over and then it doesn't take any discipline mm. it's it's just a, the upfront discipline because some people will say especially with me getting up early every day oh you're so disciplined well no i just i've, I've built the habit now to get up at that time and I built the habit of going to bed earlier or whatever to help me with that. That now it's it's not discipline. Maybe at the beginning it wasn't that tough, but at the beginning for somebody else it might be very tough. It just it takes that discipline to build that habit, and that's how I look at you know like this whole think of you, you know so think a million part is you're building these habits into your life, like tracking your net worth. Uh, I think that's the like that's a big one to understand. Um, you know, just where you, you know, where you're at. Um, and I think habits are just so important because when you look at, you know, an extremely successful investor, say like Jeff, for instance, is, you know, it's just habits. Every day is habits for him. And he has built up a lot of these really amazing habits in regards to investing, in regards to his financial life, that now it's just on autopilot. And obviously he's building new habits and he's learning. It's not just like autopilot forever. But a lot of what he does every day and when looking at investment properties is just it's built in because he's built up all these awesome habits. So mm. and that's kind of how I look at it is like over your lifetime, you're just building one habit at a time. You know, one one habit at a time, which and then you look up and you have all these amazing habits serving you. Yeah, and it's it's not just for real estate investing. No. A lot of these a lot of these habits that we've built and are continuing to work are continuing to work on they stretch across all facets of your life. Yeah. So you're not only just like building a great real estate investment and you know financial freedom, you're like developing your mindset and it it floods out into everything mm-hmm. like the whole like think powered by big y when 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 you start thinking like that it just bleeds into all different areas of your mm-hmm. life and you start of course you know if you're you're thinking powered by big y and the example that you spoke about was you own investment property and then all of a sudden the tenants you know move out and you have to replace the carpet and paint it it's you just go okay whatever that's fine mm-hmm. i'm i'm in this for the long term but then it can it can bleed over into other areas of your life you know you have a a personal relationship and something's going on you're able to kind of zoom out and go and just 
think about things mm-hmm. a little bit differently mm-hmm. than what you maybe would have in the past and that's just part of the beauty of the whole journey mm-hmm. of this whole thing called life yeah it's not it just dep- about buying a bunch of properties no you know it's about being a good being a good person and being a good you know brother and part of your family and friend and all this stuff having fun enjoying your time well it's like jim Rohn, right it's not about the money it's not about the money it's about the person you will become as you obtain right. and it's it, it's so true because when you look at the big why example that you just said it can it makes like as i've started to get more and more like in tune with why i'm here on earth and if and you know when we start tossing out these words big why and these these terms and you're like man i don't have a big why or i don't know why i'm here it's all good because i as much as i say i have a big why i'm still discovering it every day like every morning after i'm done reading i i think about it i look at my goals i'm like is this what i'm actually here and like i'm questioning it every day so i'm on the journey of figuring it out and over time it's gonna get more clear and it probably will change and that's life so if you don't know your big why or you have an idea but it's not written down as this awesome mission statement whatever it doesn't matter just starting to think about it more and get more clear on it and and kind of go down that journey because i've noticed for myself as i've started to nail it down more I'm starting to get just a lot more easy going. <laughs> Maybe is one way to put it, where it's just like I don't know. I just don't get as stressed out about a lot of things in the past that I I, I used to get stressed out because I'm definitely more of like a stressy personality in regards to business. As much as I can come across as not, and I know because you're in it with me day to day saying like transactions that aren't going well or stuff that's happening in a in a deal i sometimes can get a little stressy sometimes not all the time but sometimes especially when there's uh you know uniquely interesting stuff that you know that's happening in a transaction just just to myself i can feel it sometimes but as i've started to discover my big why i've been able to remove myself from that and just say okay yeah it's a you're going to have transactions that don't go the right way. It's just going to happen. And all these goals that I have and this big why that I have and I'm, and I'm really you know, starting to figure out, it's, yeah, it's whatever because I'm, I'm going here. So it's, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to encounter issues as a business person, as an investor. And having a big why just helps with saying, okay, yeah, it's not a big deal. And also just having that mindset that, yeah, no, everything's going to work itself out. And just going down that path of, of just figuring it out and then move forward. But anyways, that's kind of a rant on me personally because like I'm just trying to figure myself out and knowing how I operate. Me finding my big why and, and going down that road, like I mentioned, of still discovering it and and partly finding it, um, has been really beneficial. Because now I just go, yeah, no, it's not a big deal. And in the past, a couple of years ago, it was just something's happening i just get super stressed out for like a half an hour and then it's fine but now i just i can find myself building up that anxiety like a lot of us do when something stressful is happening and i just go yeah no it's all good big why what's the north star i'm heading there this is all part of it that's um really nice to hear actually 
because yeah we have been like working in business together for like six years now and just seeing that in you has been awesome not perfect (laughs) never never will be you're pretty close though i don't desire to be though because it's it's progression over perfection and it's just trying to work on those things in myself is you know trying to take it to another level and it's just interesting the way that gk writes these books and that's my short form for gary keller just the first thing is powered by a big why it's just it's interesting how that is like that's the beginning and when you think about it it's like that is the most important thing it's like why are you here like what why are you rolling out of bed and putting your feet on the floor every morning like what is that and you get to decide but like as you start to figure it out it just it makes it's that one habit that just makes everything else so much easier because if you think about you know say you know for me personally you know i just think about the kids in africa i'm like let's go you know it's like i have an easy day you know packed with appointments or whatever and you know this day's easy in comparison to that and i know that by going out and, and doing all these appointments i'm gonna you know, make more money and I'll be able to do more and, you know, build more wealth so that I can do more. I'm like, okay, cool. Let's go. Yeah. Versus a couple of years ago was, it was just me, 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 me. And there still is an element of like, you know, nice cottage and stuff like that. Yeah. For sure. But it can't all just be about others, even though I think it can, but you, you do have to take care of yourself is what I'm getting at there. Um, but anywho, yeah. Just a big why is so important. But, are we wrapping up now? Should we wrap up? There's nothing else we wanted to cover, right? There was nothing on my, my list of things. So. Is there anything that you want to touch on there? Kind of share your thoughts on anything? Yeah, so I I just I do really like this part. The pursuit of money is a spiritual journey. Money reflects your innermost values and has the power to reveal you. It's like Money's good for the good it can do. Um, rich people are not evil. I will die on my grave arguing that because I hear that way too often. You know that rich people are bad people, and it's it's just simply not the case. You have rich people who somehow acquired a lot of money, and now they're able to express their evilness in a larger way, and equally, if not probably more there's a lot of really amazing people who also made a lot of money and now they're just really good people with a lot of money people seem to think that money changes you and really i from my experience and my learning and reading about this money just exposes who you are Mm -hmm. at a hard level because it just allows you to do things so if you're an evil person now you have more means to go do your deeds and your you know do your stuff to the world and if you're a good person you got a lot of ched now you can go and do awesome stuff Mm -hmm. it just kind of it's a tool Mm -hmm. to allow you to do more uh more good or more evil it's um so, so anyone who thinks that you know rich people are inherently one way or another it's just simply false it's whatever you were or whatever you are i guess yeah like in the core of you and you think about a lot of the nicest people what do a lot of the nicest people do 
a lot of the nicest people add value, right? So they add value to your life, whether that's a product or a service or a relationship or whatever, they add value. Okay, so what do business owners do? They add value and then they exchange it for currency. So when you think about all these wealthy people that got wealthy, well, they kind of got that way by adding value, right? They had a better product or better service that then you as the consumer saw value in it because it's competitive versus other products and services that you're interested in. And then a lot of people went down that road with that business and then it got you know bigger and bigger and bigger and that individual got wealthier and wealthier. So I, I always... Cause, because I agree with that and I have a hard time when people are like, man, they're, they're, you know, they're, you know, rich people are just mean. And it's like, well, yeah, they are. There's a certain percentage of them that might be that way, like you mentioned, because it just exposes who you are. But a lot of these people have added a lot of value. You know what I mean? Like they create a lot of jobs. They, they, they add a lot of value to the world. That's why that they're able to receive all that money. Right. And, that's just one way that I like to look at businesses and look at it that way and look at a business owner that is wealthy or an investor. It's like, well, they got that way because they added value. Like us as as real estate investors, what value do we add? Well, we provide housing. That's really valuable. And a lot of people overlook that because 30% of our population roughly rents. That's a lot of value that the Canadian government would have to do if we didn't add that value. So there's value in what we do and we, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So anyways, that was kind of a side rant because I do agree with everything that you said and it, money just exposes who you are, right? Like we know a lot of really wealthy people that are just, oh my gosh, so amazing. Yeah. Like like you're just such an awesome human, just donating millions and millions every year and people are like, man, man, they should donate another million, you know? You know, who do they think they are? It's like, come on. <sighs> yep. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> So we're going to wrap up today's episode. That is the Think a Million part of MREI, the Millionaire Real Estate Investor by Gary Keller. Hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. Uh, you know, we're going to continue going through this book. We didn't have Matt. Actually, we kind of did. We, we didn't have story time with Matt today, but you did read from the book. So it wasn't a designated story time with Matt, though. So I think next episode, we got to make sure we designate you into story time mode. So we'll do that next episode. Yeah, we did. Did we? No, we did snippet time. We did snippet story time with Matt. We didn't do full yeah, it blown. Wasn't full on. Yeah, it wasn't, wasn't full, full on story time mode. We'll do that next episode. We're excited for that. Um, so anyways, we're going to get out of here. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Have a great day. Bye.